Susan Finch here, your host today for SLMA Radio, and I am so excited. My guest today is somebody that I met while trying to help another client create a memorable event. Scott Tokar is an award-winning, super professional, wonderful magician, and he specializes in events. You've taken so many awards, haven't you, Scott? Yeah, that's kind of something that happens, I guess, over time. (laughs) You're in demand, but you are also where we cross paths once again is that you were starting to talk more and more and advocating for trade show performers and keeping people informed on the changing face of trade shows and how dramatic, how traumatic, how much this has devastated many, many lines of work. And also had quite a few of you rising up to the challenge to reshape that. Yeah, I think that uh, performers in general, we're a hardy bunch and we tend to be innovators and we roll with a lot of changes. This is a, a mighty big change. You've pretty much made it illegal to perform <laughs> in live venues. <laughs> so yeah, you've really changed our world, but I'm very optimistic on, on the future. And in the meantime, there's a lot of virtual things that we've been doing. I want to talk about innovations because we've heard enough of how sad everything is. We will cover that a little bit later on compassion that I want people to start to have for certain industries. That will be in our call to action, but I wanna hear the positive. What have you seen your colleagues doing? I think that virtual Zoom performances have really become a thing now. There are many of my colleagues that are doing things in, in conjunction with theaters if you happen to be a, a season theater holder, uh, like you go to every pre- presentation or performance at a theater, then often what they're doing is offering some of their patrons the ability to come see a virtual magic show. A lot of folks are still doing meetings, big sales meetings on Zoom for their whole company. And there's still an opportunity to do something light and with levity. Often they'll bring myself in to do a little bit of magic that's custom themed with a message or a point that I need to bring across. And I do that using magic instead of a PowerPoint slide. So, you know, that makes it fun. It breaks up a, what would be a monotonous three hours, four hours. Sometimes these Zoom meetings can oh go gosh. on all day. Yes. So it breaks it up. And then my favorite thing to do is the evening cocktail Zoom magic show. So often you go to a meeting or a trade show and there's this cocktail time that everyone kind of gets to hang out. And Mm -hmm. and what it does now to do magic show in this environment is you can see all your colleagues on the screen and it's, it's really fun. They actually bring their kids and their family to watch the magic show. All of the folks on the screen get to the human touch of really the predicament that we're in. They see the families, they connect with the people and it brings another level of connection with your company or with your, uh, with your trade group. I had, what a wonderful opportunity because no kid is going to want to sit through a PowerPoint presentation. Exactly. Well, (laughs) but at the same time, you know, mom or dad is on the sales call and they're learning all about, you know, how to do the new CRM or something like that. And then, you know, hey, at four o'clock, we're all going to go grab a drink, you know, whether it be a a Coca-Cola or something more libaceous and, uh, and have a little bit of fun watching some magic. So, you know, in a half hour, 45 minute show, sometimes I actually teach a magic trick to everybody so that they can do something on Zoom for themselves. And unlike watching just a television show or watching a video, a lot of what I do is interactive 
with the folks. So it's something that they can actually touch the screen and move their finger to see something or bring out a deck of cards that they found in their junk drawer and play along. Right. So the magic happens right in their hands at their homes across the screen. I'd seen one of the AGT episodes and one of the close-up magicians, that is what he did. He got them involved and one of them brought out a deck of cards at their home. I think it was Heidi Klum or something. Mm-hmm. And it made it really personal. The up-close magicians, to me, that has helped your industry, that show. Oh, oh my goodness. Everybody yeah, go- wants. Before pre-COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> pre-COVID, post-COVID, we're now forever going to say 2020 PC or uh, AC <laughs> for after COVID. Uh, Pre-COVID, magic was in a brand new renaissance. I've been doing magic since I was seven years old. And I have never seen the popularity of magic any higher than it has been, even at this point. I mean, you have on, on television, you have the Carbonaro effect, you have Penn and Teller Fool Us, you have World's Greatest Magicians. These are weekly shows that are on. You have on streaming video, you have things on Netflix and Amazon Prime that are all magic related. Then you have in every city, there's been these cabarets opening up, small magic venues where Maybe you might only have 30 seats in a venue and you'd go see magic that's close up or parlor style. It's wonderful. And, and AGT has been a huge part of that in making magic not so geeky and top hatty and old fashioned. So it's really helped us a lot. I know in this house, we use quite often the comparison Oh, he, he's no Shin Lin. Everything is, you know, that's what everything is. That's, that's what great. That's great, too. He's yeah, no when, Shin Lin, or we can't watch him, or wouldn't that be cool if it, he could Shin Lin it, and he could... <laughs> that's really awesome. I mean, you know, they used to say, I, I'm not uh, Cramian, or I'm trying, they're trying to think of some other... There were other names in, in, yes. in the past that were the same thing, you know, to use a famous magician, but it's great to hear Shin Lin with that. Uh, Shin Lin uh, has been a member of the Magic Castle, which I'm a member of, for yes. years and I knew him before all of this, you know? Right. So that I am excited about that because this brings me to that reimagining events. And the biggest mistake I think, and I even teach a class on this, the biggest mistake people make is we want to do a virtual event because we used to have an in-person event. So that's not the reason. Why'd you have the in-person event? Was it to engage? Was it to demonstrate? Was it to build a reputation? What was it? That's why you're doing it. So now you have to find new tactics. And until we can get back to in-person seeing all you guys and seeing you on those socially distanced pedestals that you've been talking about, where people are raised up high doing magic and bringing people in, since that is not going to always be an option, or people are going to want to bridge those events with more of this intimacy. Yeah, I think that where we're going here, and again, I said at the beginning of all of this that I'm an optimist. And mm-hmm. and um humans are definitely a breed that likes to connect and and collect and be together. One of the very best places you can be to learn is in a classroom, not on not on video. And one of the very best places you can study or or see many many things is at a trade show where you can walk booth to booth, peek your head in and see if it's good and then talk with colleagues and find out what they think. And it's, it's a very social thing. I think where we're headed first is probably the hybrid uh, event. Mm-hmm. And a hybrid event will be in many of the trade show booths that I work. And that's what I do with my company, Corporate Effects. We explain the features and benefits of a product or a service using magic instead of a PowerPoint slide at a trade show. So 
up to this point, my sales point to all of my customers is I pull the largest crowds you could possibly have in front of your booth. And if you're looking to gather information, there's study after study after study that says a trade show, a meeting, a live event, people are more apt to learn and remember what you're doing. I've often used it as a mountaintop experience as being the example of that. When you take yourself out of your home and place yourself into a place where you're going to learn, just being away from your home helps you to absorb and remember and make that an event that just indexes in your head better. So trade shows are great. And at a live trade show, my job as a magician, I'm a trade show magician. So my job is to explain the features and benefits of a product, but I use magic instead of a PowerPoint slide. So I gather a huge crowd in front of a booth. That's my sales point. I get the largest crowds in front of a trade show booth listening to your sales pitch at any given time. But now with, with COVID, gathering a large crowd is not going to be a sales point I think there's two ways that I'm adapting here. Number one is the hybrid events. Hybrid is, you know, mixture of video that you can watch uh, at home while you're not at an event, as well as the live part of it that you can be at the show. The nice thing about any video that you produce is you can watch it later on. So it's something that lives on longer than the three days of a normal trade show. But what I can do as a magician is I can do crowd dynamics. I can make sure that the crowd is spaced properly. And I have the ability live to shorten my presentation should the crowd get too big. And then I can, like we do here on your show, there's a call to action. You know, do I want to scan their badges? Do I want to set up a Zoom meeting with them? That kind of thing. So I'm kind of still the ringleader of what's going on in a trade show booth. It's just a little bit more concerned with some of the COVID, post-COVID realities of, of crowd. On that hybrid model, it, it just requires that I'm aware, first off, when I'm doing my magic part of it, that it might be watched several times. But more importantly, I'm introducing guest speakers in the booth that might you know, bring over a, a particular subject and that kind of thing. We will get back to trade shows. Yeah. I'm, I'm confident of that. It's just too effective. It's such a great place to be. Your cost to dollar to, to lead is never better in that situation. And if you're tracking these things through sales, salesforce.com or a CRM, you'll see that the sales cycle might be two years long, but you probably met them first at a trade show. I also want to speak to the beauty of a trade show, and this is sound really weird, but it isn't just about sight and sound. It's about touch. It's about smell. It's about the taste of a show dog. I mean... <laughs> an $18 show dog. I know, an $18 show dog that you've turned in as your expense. But there is so much more to it. The spontaneity... I love that we have breakout groups in Zoom. I love that we can set up side events. We can do different private events. We can do bonus events with somebody like you where we can say, oh, you that are paying the additional to attend this, you can have two special learning sessions and two entertainment sessions in the green room. And you can talk to them and you can ask them and he's going to teach you how to do something just because you did the bonus. I love that part of it. But as you said, being in person we are social beings. That is our nature as humans. Well, also think about the fact that at a trade show, one of the real advantages of using a magician is that there's people walking down the aisle that have absolutely no idea what most of those booths are selling. You need a reason to stop them. 
other than saying, hi, have you found everything you're looking for? <laughs> and magic really disarms everybody. They're willing to stop for three minutes and see something that's a bit of a miracle in the palms of their hands. And it's in that time that I stop them, randomly stop them, that I add the features and benefits, the elevator statement, the propositional statement that gives them an idea of what the company is doing. In a virtual trade show, I don't have that ability. Yeah. You're just a list of companies that you might be able to visit on a virtual trade show. There's not a barker, a magician, an attraction that's going to pull you to that exhibit. Really, your only hope is to be the sponsor of the cocktail for that event. And at that cocktail, you have the magician, the entertainer, the, the person, the speaker, talk a little bit about your product. Not too much. Not too much. Remember, everyone's having a good time but you still need to be able to drop what I call salivating statements to the crowd, something that makes them want to know more so they will go visit your booth after they've had fun at the Magic. You have a challenge ahead of you. <laughs> you, um, you have adapted, though, a lot. Oh, absolutely. You have to, right? Yes. This is a good place for a break, though. When we come back, I want to talk about compassion and understanding what goes on behind the scenes of a trade show that a lot of us have taken for granted for years and why we really need to get back to it, at least in some reformatted fashion. So we're going to take a quick break, folks. Hey, this could be your commercial plane right now. Heck, it could even be your entire show talking with your guests, your prospects about your products, your services. Oh my gosh, doesn't this sound like a dream come true? And it's easy. We can help you. Go to FunnelRadio.com and learn all about our podcast production services. That's FunnelRadio.com. And we're back. I'm Susan Finch, your host today, with my guest, Scott Tokar, who is an award-winning magician. And he isn't just any kind of a magician. Yes, he's a member of the Magic Castle and so many other things and has taken awards. But his specialty is turning your message, your boring message, into magic that intrigues. And people will remember your message and remember your product and will take action from it because he is that good. Scott, we're going to continue with this. We did the happy part at the beginning and reimagining and what events can look like in hybrid events. I want to get into some of the behind the scenes because you are in touch with so many performers, not just magicians, but performers and those that have been affected by trade shows. And we've heard the gloom and doom and things but I want to challenge everybody to find a way to make these people still fit into your messaging, into your events until we get back to regular trade shows. Reimagine, like Scott has done, doing an event within your online meeting, your online event, something intriguing that will make them, man, I'm so sick of listening to PowerPoints and presentations and learning, but I'll come back for the magician. I will come back with my family and enjoy this respite from learning without realizing I'm going to be learning something else. When he's telling you these issues, you creative minds, you event planners, you internal people, the marketing teams that are having to reinvent all of this, new ways to connect, to hold us over, think about how these people can still fit into what you're doing. Scott, how about you tell us a little bit what's been going on? Well, Susan, I think that one of the things that entertainers, performers, musicians even, have always been known for is that in good times, we can celebrate with you and we can make that, you know, that event memorable. 
And at bad times, often we take the pain or the situation away from you. We're an escape. And this is why even some of the best paintings of magicians performing are from the Dark Ages. And you'll see cups and balls being performed. There's a very famous painting about that. And it was painted in the Dark Ages. But this is because they were adding a little levity to that moment, even though there was great pain. And I think that right now, in the midst of everything that we're going through, being stuck at home and not being able to go do the things that we want to, it's nice to be pulled away and not think for just a moment about anything more than how the heck did he get that card that I only thought of on Zoom? That, that's, that's a neat place to be. Right now, though, all of these performers, we're finding it, boy, I love being on stage. I mean, that's where right. I belong. It's like my second home. So to be without that, there is a little bit of withdrawals going on. There's a need and a want to entertain that's just in my DNA. Giving me that opportunity is healthy for me, too. And for your performers out there, being a performer is, is a little bit different than doing your nine-to-five jobs. This is what we do to make a living. Supporting the arts right now, please do it. I, I can't give you any more, better reason than to say, we'll make you happy. I look at all the musicians and, you know, touring musicians that have been doing concerts from their homes. I look at Melissa Etheridge, for one. And she was doing a daily concert. And yeah, that helps fill it up a bit. And it keeps her audiences on a very small scale, actually happy. But it doesn't replace a tour, nor does it replace their income. And so, so many of you performers have been generous by giving things away for free just to get the fix out for yourself. But it's folks, it's still about they're professionals. They need to be paid. Don't expect them to just do a drive-by, stop-by, pop-in, whatever it is to show off what they do in hopes of business later, in hopes of when there's an in-person event. If you want them to add to your event, pay them for it. They're doing the same thing. It's just in a different venue, but it's the same skill, the same history, the same knowledge, the same effort that they have put into this for years. And some of you guys for decades have the respect for them consider opening up that budget a little bit because like scott said if you record it on video you can get mileage out of that later and use it over and over and over and over just make sure you get a release from them saying that's okay thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> that if i'm going to use scott tokar doing magic with my product i want to make sure i have a release from him saying it's okay for me to do this for quite a while or for two years or whatever it is because you will get the mileage and you will get your money back. Trust me. And nobody else is doing this. If you're doing this in as part of a virtual trade show, or if you're doing this as a sales meeting, I often in a sales meeting situation, companies hire me. Hopefully, you've been lucky enough to go on one of these holiday getaways where maybe the, the company will bring you to Hawaii because you met your sales goals or exceeded your sales goals. To make it legal and make it good for the company, in the morning, you have to do a couple of classes and in the afternoon, go golf, go swim, whatever it is. But often the CEO or the vice president of sales and marketing had to be the MC for those. What I do often is I become that magical MC in that event. So I take the pressure off of the, the C-level executives and guide them through that part of their day. That is absolutely happening in these sales meetings on Zoom. Frankly, it's hard to keep people's attention on Zoom. You put a magician, an entertainer, someone that understands how to engage people, and it changes the entire way that your sales meeting is running on. It does, but I want to give everybody a tip, too. And I know most of you know, because we're all such Zoom aficionados now. We do Google Meet. We do Facebook. You know, everybody has their meetings now that they can do in groups. 
Don't forget the value of the little upper right hand icon that says gallery view and speaker view. Folks, you don't need to see all the tiny heads when somebody is teaching you something, when somebody's entertaining. You want to make sure it is the speaker view where the one person's big and you only see them. And if you want, you can even right click and say pin that person so that the coffers, the pokers, the ruddlers, the rustlers, the, the distractions don't cut into you're missing the punchline, you're missing the trick, you're missing the reveal. Don't miss out. So that's my one Zoom tip for this event or any online event. Let your speakers be the focus to help keep you focused. Turn off all your alerts, all your alarms, all your bing bongs. Put a note outside the door, I'm attending a conference, leave packages on the bench, that's what I have to do because the dogs will just lose their minds. This is one way I know that you can get a little bit more out of it until we can get back in person, until we can start to do this. Scott, is there a directory to find online performers? I would initially plug my own company because that's kind of, of what we do. If you're listening and you'd like to find out what the stable of performers that my company has, we have about a dozen magicians at corporateeffects.com. That's C-O-R-P-O-R-A-T-E. The letter F is in Frank. The letter X is in X-ray, corporatefx.com. And you can kind of see what we've been doing at trade shows. And there's some videos up there for you to see. Beyond that, there isn't a set directory for this Zoom kind of thing. And there's everyone's kind of doing things at different levels here right now. There are some talent bureaus, some speakers bureaus that are doing this. So you can go to your existing speakers bureau where you would hire your, your speaker for an event. And they might have some uh, Zoom suggestions for you. But wow, it's the Wild West out there right now. It is. And remember, folks, think about those pre-event special events, the VIP cards. Scott is perfect for that. He's a perfect person to intrigue, bring people on to want to pay to help you recover some of the costs because we know just because it's online and we all get Zoom for free, you know, unless you're doing a paid account like most a lot of us do, it costs money to organize it all, to follow up, to orchestrate, to record, to edit, to post. It does take money. That's one way to help recover some of your costs. Even if you're just trying to break even, that's okay. It's all right, but you will have this goodwill, this memorable moment that people will talk about and share. Hey, Susan, can I try a memorable, memorable moment with everybody that's listening right now? If they're just listening, yeah, magic for listeners? Let, yeah, so, so this is an audio magic trick, which oh. limits me to only playing in your mind at the moment. Okay. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right. So there's going to be a little bit of mathematics involved here. So if you're not great at mathematics, try to make the numbers that I'm going to have you randomly come up with be simple and easy ones for yourself. Hey, if you're a mathematician, go wild, all right? So in your own mind, let's start off. Just have you pick a number between 1 and 10 in your mind. Just think of a number anywhere in between 1 and 10, all right? Now, I'd like you to multiply this number, and this is why it might need to be simple. You're going to need to multiply it by 9. Uh, hopefully you remember your nines times tables. So you should have now a two-digit number. What I'd like you to do is add the two digits together, the digit on the left and the digit to the right. You add those together. Now, uh, I need you to uh, subtract five from it, from that number that you now have. Okay, so... With this number that you now have after adding the two digits and subtracting five, I want you to assign a letter to that number. So if you were thinking the number one, it would be the letter A, two would be the letter B, three would be the letter C, and then all the way down the line. 
Now think of a country that starts with the letter that you're left with. Take the second letter of the country and think of an animal that starts with that letter. And then think of the color of the animal. And let me remind you that there are no gray elephants in Denmark. Did I get you, Susan? Oh my gosh. So if I didn't get you, I apologize. It's a, it, but I think the majority of you got gray elephants in Denmark, uh, which is unless, unless you're fond of emus. Well, maybe, maybe, but we're darn close there. <laughs> so the thing that I've just done for you here is an interactive magic trick that took place in your own mind. And it was a two-way exchange between us, even though we're miles and miles and probably time away from each other. That was fun. That was fun. Folks, we're wrapping it up today. Again, I'm Susan Finch, your host today. And my guest was Scott Tokar. You can find him at CorporateFX. F is in Frank, X is in X-Ray, CorporateFX.com. And book him and book somebody from his corral of wonderful performers and tell me about it later. I want to hear how great it was. Because I know Scott's going to tell me if he gets anybody from this. So I want to hear all about your adventures and how you're reimagining your current online events and your hybrid events and what you're doing to keep them interested. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott. Thank you for being a guest today. I appreciate it. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We want to be where you are, so go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing of events and your online presence.